You're right in D.C. with Gail Trotter. This is Gail Trotter, host of Right in D.C. I had the pleasure of being able to attend CPAC 2019, and I so enjoyed seeing friends of this show and also friends of mine from the conservative political movement. I enjoyed speaking with Patrice Onwuka of the Independent Women's Forum, David Harsani, who's an author and a writer at The Federalist, and Jim Simpson, who's also a writer. I hope you enjoy these interviews with the three of them as much as I enjoyed talking with them. This is Gail Trotter reporting from CPAC 2019. I'm so excited to have as a guest on our show, Patrice Onwuka. She's a senior policy analyst with the Independent Women's Forum and a good friend of mine. Great to be with you, Patrice. Thank you, Gail. Great to be with you, too. You are here talking to all of these uh, shows, radio shows, TV shows, about what topic is particularly on your mind right now? Socialism. And why is socialism such a topic of conversation nationally right now? Uh, AOC, three letters, representing Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And the, the ideas that she's bringing to the table with her Green New Deal. Um, and interestingly, she has a new foe in the first daughter and advisor to the president, Ivanka Trump. Would that be Ivanka Trump? Yes. Yes. So she's actually going after Ivanka for um, saying that, you know, the idea of guaranteed jobs is not a good idea and that in Americans in their heart of hearts, they don't want to be given a job or given something. They actually want to pursue it themselves. And AOC, or as I have heard her called on Radio Row at CPAC, Che OC, is out there making these, I would say they're kind of eighth grade student council president nominee promises of guaranteed income even for people who don't want to work. And you contrast that with Ivanka Trump, who has been a business owner, has done a lot since she since she's been in this position to put forward women's entrepreneurship. That seems like that's in stark contrast to what CHEOC is trying to uh, get the Congress to pass. Absolutely. And let's not forget, Ivanka Trump has been championing workforce issues, getting Americans who've been on the sidelines into the workforce in lots of different ways, um, getting corporations to work with communities to reskill and retool Americans, because we know a lot of folks, um, they, they don't have the skills they need to get access to the 7 million unfilled jobs today. So it's ironic that you've got a young woman who's very starry-eyed and believes she has these solutions to everything coming to the table and going after Ivanka saying that she's, she doesn't know what she's talking about. So it's not just between Ivanka and AOC. We also see that some of the national icons of fashion have gotten into this dispute as well. Is that true? That is absolutely true. There's an interesting article. I believe it was Marie Claire this week, uh, or sorry, Glamour Magazine, where this reporter, maybe she's a reporter or commentator, rips into Ivanka Trump saying that she's out of touch, that she's wealthy. What does she know about creating jobs? What does she know about the plight of people? Uh, and she's just, she's got her, she's showing her mean girl colors all over. She's jealous. You could, you could tell it. And it really, she has 
had no substantive pushback other than this is a rich girl from privilege who is trying to tell us how to, how to provide jobs. Well, actually, you're talking about someone who has employed people, as you rightly said, who's an entrepreneur representing the millions of female business entrepreneurs out there and someone who's working for workforce development. I think she's got a lot more credibility. All right, let's talk fashion for a moment. Ah, this is Flotus Friday on my Facebook page at Patrice Lee. Um, I'm going to put up some pictures of uh, First Lady uh, um, um, Melania Trump's clothes, clothing um, outfits of the week, and I'm going to ask my followers to vote for their favorite ones. But I will just say she is one of my favorite First Ladies when it comes to dressing. Her style is impeccable, stylish, elegant. Um, she speaks First Lady by just walking in the room. She and Ivanka, don't you think, should be on the cover of every fashion magazine? Oh, th th that should be a no-brainer. But they have an R next to their name, and they are related to President Trump. So that obviously negates any sort of fashion or style qualifications they may have. And that is just exposing kind of the, the bias of the left, particularly women's magazines um, and, and women's outlets in general. Let's just call it what it is. I mean, they are, they are biased, and they don't want anyone else to be open to a different perspective. And it's sad. I couldn't agree with you more. If people want to follow you, Patrice, where can they find you online? All right, let's start with Twitter, at Patrice Pink File. I'm wearing pink today. Be beautiful pink. dress, beautiful color. Thank you. Also follow at IWF for the Independent Women's Forum. I'm posting on a regular basis. And if you want to do Flotus Friday on Facebook, follow me at Patrice Lee. That's at Patrice Lee, L-E-E. -E. And vote for your favorite Flotus um, outfit of the week. I also have to congratulate you on the birth of your child, and you look fabulous. You, you make mothers look great everywhere, and God bless you, and God bless your family. Thank you so much, Gail. This is Gail Trotter reporting for Right in D.C. from CPAC 2019. It's a throng of people, and I'm so excited that I saw David Harsani walking through the crowd. David, thanks so much for talking with me today. Always a pleasure. Thanks for talking to me. Uh, so what is your impression of CPAC so far? Actually, I would say it's pretty low energy compared to other recent years. I think probably because it's an off year, there's not an election, or maybe I'm just here at the wrong time. But uh, I was a little surprised at how subdued it was, actually. You're doing a lot of interviews here. What particular topic are people really asking you about? Um, well, they're asking me a lot about gun control. I guess the House just passed some uh, gun control bills, two of them. Uh, and uh, I think socialism, the word socialism is on a, on a lot of people's minds. And I think infanticide, frankly, the abortion bill. So those are the three main topics I think people are talking about. And it seems to be the sorts of topics they're talking about on the stage. So I've heard people calling Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez CHE-OC instead of AOC. Do you think that's an effective strategy? I don't know, but it is a truthful strategy. I mean, she is a socialist. Uh, a lot of her ideas are ridiculously left-wing. I think extremist even for her own party, as we've recently seen her butt heads with Nancy Pelosi. Um, I think it's fair to call out the, the sort of new, at least the freshman class and sort of millennial um, Democrats are socialists because that's what they want and that's what they are. Uh, it's I used to call people commies and socialists to, to, to mock them. I didn't really mean it. But now uh, it's evolved to the place where I think I can say that quite confidently about some people. 
So the RNC has gotten in trouble for, I think it was the RNC, some Republican organization has gotten in trouble for comparing the extreme left wing to Stalin. And they were called out for this, that saying that that's too extreme rhetoric. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, that's politics. I, I Obviously, I think Stalin's a bit too much. Uh, we have to remember that Stalin was the worst mass murderer, perhaps, in competition with Mao in, in, in the history of the world. Um, though we should not ignore the fact that, that socialist systems fail and people usually die because of it. But I think uh, comparing her to Stalin might be a bit much. If I'm being fair, you know, it's in the same way that we don't want to compare uh, we don't want people comparing right-wingers to Hitler or anything like that. I think it's a bit too much for me, for my taste. Well, I know you're busy doing lots of interviews, so thank you so much for taking time with me on Radio Road, David. Anytime. Thanks for having me. This is Gail Trotter reporting for Right in D.C. from CPAC 2019. We're so excited by everyone we see walking down the hall of Radio Row or Broadcast Row. And who did I run into but my friend, Jim Simpson. He is an activist, an author, a freelance journalist, and I'm so delighted to have him join us today. Thanks for coming with us. Hey, great to be with you, Gail. We were talking last night, uh, kind of after hours from CPAC when everything's winding down a little bit. Uh, and I was asking you what you have been talking with the different shows on CPAC Broadcast Row, and you brought up a certain congresswoman and research that you've done on her articles that you've written about her. Can you tell us a little bit about what you've discovered? Yeah. Well, uh, for those who are listening, uh, you can see the article at PJ Media. It's titled, Ilan Omar, uh, Poster Child for the Red-Green Axis. And what is the red-green axis for those who are not familiar with that term? The red-green axis is the collaboration between the hard left in America and the organized Islam left. And that's primarily almost all of the Muslim organizations in the United States are either directly related to or related to the Muslim Brotherhood. And so they're all hardcore, and they are all very anti-American, and they all work together. And the Muslim Brotherhood started in Egypt? Muslim Brotherhood started in Egypt. Uh, Hassan al-Banna was its founder in the 1920s. And interesting, even then, he talked about an Arab socialism. So it's not anything really new for them. And what most people don't know is that Osama bin Laden himself said in the interests of uh, fighting against the Crusaders, there's no problem with us in allying with the socialists, even though we recognize the socialists are infidels. Isn't that interesting? That is surprising, and I don't think a lot of people are familiar with the history of that. And we see that this discussion of socialism right now who would have expected we would be having this conversation again? But it has become, you know, every, every day on the news, there's some new wrinkle on the national socialism conversation. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And, and it's really, it's actually not something new. And, you know, the left has a very clever way of miscasting things. You know, all of these new uh, 
Muslim leftists are members of the Democratic Socialists of America. Ilan Omar, I, I actually she's not, but Rashida Tlaib is, and so is uh, Linda Sarsour, and um, there are a number of others that ran but didn't win, also members of DSA. But Democratic Socialists of America is not democratic. Why not? It's actually a descendant of, the, of a communist party. And they call themselves Democratic Socialists because it's a much gentler sounding name. And instead of uh, the symbol being a fist or a hammer and sickle, the symbol is a fist holding a rose, you know. And You're kidding, right? No, no, that's what the DSA's symbol is. And the, many people are members of DSA, uh, including Nancy Pelosi. Used wow. Be, yeah. She was a member of the Congressional Progressive Caucus that was founded and created by the DSA. And her name was on there until one of our guys wrote an article about it and then she magically disappeared and there are a number of other famous liberals quote unquote who are also members but when they're um, <clears throat> when when they were elevated in the public eye either becoming a Clinton uh, appointee or Obama appointee suddenly all that information just vanished from the you know <laughs> so so they couldn't be associated with that anymore. But they, we don't forget those things. Right. That reminds me of Barack Obama's ties to very radical leftists in Chicago. And that was all sanitized. And the Democrats and their media allies made sure to present him as very moderate, you know, before the first time that he was elected president. So you're seeing some evidence of that continuing to go on where the Democrats have affiliations with this organization, but then they step away from it when light is sh shown on it. Yeah, well, they, they're always trying to miscast themselves, at least the leadership does. But see, people like uh, Ilan Omar and Alexandria, of course, occasional cortex, I call her, um, uh, they serve a very specific purpose by saying the most outlandish things, something a little bit less outlandish sounds at least a little bit less outlandish, right? And so they move the goalpost. They keep on moving the goalpost and everything keeps going further and further left. I mean, like for example, Chuck Schumer talks about a, a you know, highly qualified judicial nominee and says, well, but he's not in the political mainstream. Well, Chuck Schumer wouldn't know the mainstream if he were drowning in it, right? You're so right. Yeah. He, 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 he's so far left, he'd fall off the map, right? But that's how they play the game. And it's really Marxist dialectics, you know? It's pose the most extreme thing, and then when people are shocked and outraged and say how ridiculous it is, you come back and pose what you really want, which is a little bit off of that, but still absurd, right? And the ratchet always goes left. I mean, we see the, we've seen this with Obamacare. We've seen this with a lot of, you know, social programs. And, and you know, once you went at the Supreme Court, it's hard to turn that back for obvious reasons. So, 
you are doing really important work. Where can people find what you're writing? And do you think, what what can regular people do who don't have the time to invest in, in you know, researching all this stuff and talking about what can regular people do to combat, I would say, the threat of socialism? Right. Well, uh, you can become informed. You know, I, I have that article at PJ Media. I have written a lot of things, and uh, there's a lot of very, very good qualified people who write for the Center for Security Policy. So what is their website? Centerforsecuritypolicy.org, or if that's hard to remember, securefreedom.org. And uh, an enormous amount of research, uh, research papers, articles, books, most of which you can get as free PDF downloads uh, online. Um, so learn what's going on. Try to inform as many people as you can because really uh, I believe that they have become, the extremism has come out of the closet. It was, it's been there for decades, but it's really come out of the closet. And I believe that's because they think that they're on a winning streak and if they win trust me it, it, it will be not merely a devastation for this country but for the world because our country has been supporting the rest of the world even the socialist world for decades without that power without our economic engine which is the first thing the socialists want to destroy by pretending that they're trying to help things through the green deal or something like that, um, the entire world economy will collapse. I heard from a friend of ours here at CPAC just about an hour ago, Rick Manning told me that socialism is scarcity and capitalism is abundance. Isn't that a great way to put it? That is absolutely true. Absolutely true. I would go further. I'd say socialism is catastrophe. Socialism is catastrophe. It is organized catastrophe. And the reason the socialists push it is because despite the devastation that occurs to the rest of us, it's a vehicle for them to insinuate themselves into power and they insulate themselves from the impacts by using our tax dollars, our resources, our wealth to make themselves wealthy and the rest of us starve in the streets. Well, thank you so much for the yeoman's work that you were doing to combat the threat of, cata of organized catastrophe of socialism. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your CPAC time. Thanks, Gail. Great to be with you. This is Gail Trotter. You can like me on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter. You can follow me on Instagram. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel. You can subscribe to this podcast right in D.C. on iTunes, and you can leave a review. Most importantly, you can support this podcast on Patreon. We have great t-shirts as gifts for patrons, courtesy of Hard Hits Custom Apparel. We would also like to thank Trio Caliente, a local DC group, for the music on the podcast. This is Right in DC. You're Right in DC with Gail Trotter.